This morning we're going to read a pair of scriptures. The first is from Isaiah 52. The second is going to turn our attention to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2. You could follow along with the words on the screen, or if you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn with us there. Uh, In Isaiah 52, we're going to start in verse 13 uh, as we read the word of the Lord that came through the prophet Isaiah. Hear now the word of the Lord. See, my servant shall prosper. He shall be exalted and lifted up and shall be very high. Just as there were many who were astonished at him, so marred was his appearance beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of mortals. So he shall startle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which had not been told them, they shall see. That which they had not heard, they shall contemplate. And then flipping over to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, uh, we hear the story of the wise men. Uh, in the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem. In the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he set them, sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure, treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, And myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is God's word offered to us in its reading and in its hearing. So we give thanks to the Lord God Almighty. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Gracious God, we do come before you in this space and this time with praise and thanksgiving for your holy word, for the wisdom that's contained therein. Lord, I ask that you would. Be present with us as we gather around your word. Lord, I ask that you would open our eyes that we would see, open our ears that we would hear, open our minds that we would come to know and understand your word and indeed your ultimate will. Open our hearts that we would feel its power. Then by your grace, I ask, O God, that you would open our hands, that we would offer grace to the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
If you haven't heard it already over the course of the last day or so, you'll definitely uh, hear it over the next day uh, or two as you uh, turn your radio on to any channel on the dial. They found a way every year to recap the year with their top 50 or top 20 or top 100 of the year, right? And so they, they, they look at all of the billboard charts for their genre of music and then they uh, I put it together and, and you get to listen to it. The problem is, is if you're driving this season, it means that you listen to the same songs over and over again and it's going to be like a plague for you because even it it seems every time you get in your car you're always going to start at like 15 through 10 so you're not going to hear the best but you're going to hear the same kind of middle of the road songs over and over again um this this uh i think this is really just a way for them to give their djs a break right like this is their vacation policy we're just going to set it on repeat and then it's going to happen we, we do a little bit of that here every year, uh, every year, the last Sunday of December, where we get to sing songs that, that were uh, maybe most impactful, most powerful uh, over the course of the year in the life of covenant. And uh, as we sing, uh, I'm just overwhelmed because I'm reminded of the power that those songs had in my life at different stages, at different points over the course of the year. So I, I, f- I find it much different than that sitting in the car for the r- radio. I, I, I find it actually drawing me back into spaces of challenge, of trial, of celebration, or of joy as I look back upon the year that was in my life. It, it causes us to look back. Uh, it also can cause us to look back as a church and look back on the year that was. So we could say, okay, what was 2018 for Covenant? And we could think about so many things that, that, that this year was. We could think this was the year that our missions team caught a vision to say every month we're going to put before the church a challenge to be a, a blessing beyond ourselves in the community. We're going to call it First Sunday Drives. And this was the year that we launched First Sunday Drives. And every first Sunday, we're going to have an opportunity for the people of Covenant to be generous beyond themselves, reach out uh, with grace and love uh, to the community. And I, I tell you, uh, whenever they came up with that idea, I was like, all right, let's, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but the people of God had, had the vision, and the people of God produced incredible fruit through that vision because over and over again, month after month, the things that you have done that have changed the lives of so many in our community has blown me away. Um, what, what has this year been as we look back at Covenant? I think uh, about some, some meetings uh, where, where I was convinced for the first time in the history of Covenant we were going to have dissenting votes on some things. We, we, were gonna, we, we, we were going to gather around in meetings and we were going to say all those in favor, I, all those in favor, nay, and there were going to be nay votes for the first time in the history of Covenant. If you were in those meetings, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I, I, I actually told y'all, it's okay it's all right, we could have nay votes. We've never had one before. Uh, we're afraid of it, but it's okay. It is okay. And yet, uh, somehow the Holy Spirit bound the people of God together once again. And, uh, and we continued with this odd, somewhat unrealistic tradition of having unanimous votes for everything. Um, praise God for that. Uh, when we look back at the year, we'll remember this is a year of, of expansion of the staff for Covenant. Uh, we've taken some pretty bold steps and some bold risks to bring on 
Zach Anderson as director of Connecting Ministries to invest in our future, bringing on uh, an assistant to the pastor, uh, bringing on a business manager, uh, taking steps into the future, uh, and, and taking some risks um, that, that, that make uh, our times in worship and the songs that we sing uh, somewhat more potent or more, more, more powerful for some of us that were part of those decisions. This was a year when we broke ground. Uh, I'll never forget breaking ground. Uh, I wore, uh, I wore a, a, a pink shirt. I probably, that, I don't know if that was my best decision because for, forevermore, all the pictures of groundbreaking have, have Jason in a, in a pink shirt. Uh, I think it was okay for this year, but sometime down the road, there's gonna be a group of people that look back on the pictures of covenant groundbreaking and say, who's that pastor who wore a pink shirt on that day? Uh, and they, will, they won't know me. Uh, it'll be like at the 150 year anniversary of covenant. And they'll be like, what, what the heck is this dude up to? Um, no, we, we, we broke ground on, uh, on, on the property and got to see the construction underway. And uh, week after week, month after month, uh, has come with different challenges and different opportunities. And uh, it's stretched us and it's uh, encouraged us. And it's been about looking at what God has for the future uh, of this community at large and uh, for this community called Covenant. As we look back, we, we look back on, on a year in which... Um, uh, Jeannie Stadler was diagnosed uh, with, uh, with brain cancer and had a, a, a softball-sized tumor removed from her brain. And we joined together and we prayed over her and we anointed her and we supported them and we loved them and we journeyed with them. That was a part of 2018. You know, in 2018, um, uh, in 2018, you, the people of God, uh, uh, were generous beyond any sort of fathoming. Uh, we, we had a capital campaign in the end of 2017 uh, that had pledges of just over $2 million. Well, in 2018 alone, uh, the people of Covenant contributed, not just pledged, contributed uh, $1.1 million, 55% of the total pledged came in in 33% of the pledge duration. You know, it's a three-year campaign, and 55% has already come in through your generosity. And it blows me away. And I rejoice. This might be the year that, that, that we look back on and we say, in 2018, the people of God at Covenant uh, caught a vision for Spanish worship. You know, we, we caught a vision for reaching out into the community beyond ourselves to create a space where Spanish speakers in our community could worship God on a weekly basis in their native tongue, uh, in Spanish. We, we looked out in the community and we saw that, that a third of our community speaks Spanish as their first language and none of our ministry is in Spanish what are we doing? Why are we missing that? And the Holy Spirit knocked us over and said, look forward in the future and find a way to reach people in Spanish. For many of you, 2018 will be recorded as the year in which every baby in covenant was born. Uh, 
it seems like we had more babies born. Uh, oh, 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 you're not ready? No, we're, just, we're, we're holding, holding fast in the pregnancy mode. The roofs are. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you know, it, it was the don't eat the donuts at Covenant unless you want to get pregnant sort of a year. Uh, uh, and, and so we celebrate that. We look back. You know, whenever you look back on the year that was, it gives you a chance to have perspective. And, and to, uh, to, to see God's unwavering, persistent presence all along the way. So, so that as your year seemed to go like this, with ups and downs and all sorts of roller coaster like experiences, here is God. Stable, consistent, persistent in the way He meets you and loves you and transforms you. There's a. a a group of folks in the scripture that we read from Matthew that 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 were adept at looking backwards. They were um, mind-boggling, mind-bogglingly capable of looking backwards and having what has taken place apply to their lives and transform their today. Uh, these uh, we would affectionately know uh, know as the wise men. And so this is the story uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, the story of the wise men. And we actually have a song for that, don't we? In Christmas time, we have a song for that. Uh, we three kings of Orient are. And it has kind of this like, like darker undertone. Right? Um, and, uh, but, but that song is, is full of falsehoods, right? Did, do you know how many things the first line of that song gets wrong? Uh, Basically everything. Uh, three, n- no, the word of God doesn't say anything about three uh, people. The word of God only says there's three gifts. Uh, so let's say between two and 20, okay? Uh, so there, there, there are many uh, or few, but there's more than one, but we don't know if there's three, but some song at some point in time decided to say that there were three of them. Uh, maybe not. Uh, kings. Kings? The Word of God says nothing about kings. In fact, I, I think that that is not just likely false, it's, it's, it's almost certainly false that these were kings. Uh, who were they? Sure, they were people of wealth. Sure, they were people of means and capacity. Sure, they were learned uh, and they had treasures to bring. But, but uh, we, we hear nothing about royalty in this. And so uh, that actually uh, distorts our capacity to understand what's going on here. Because when we think royalty, we think uh, that, wow, a king is bowing before a king. And so, and so Jesus, the king, is the, the king over kings. Uh, but that's not the illusion that the scripture is trying to lead us to. It's actually uh, some references to, to other and, and, and maybe more powerful uh, prophetic literature for us to dig into. And then we three kings of Orient are. Orient. So, uh, dude, that's totally wrong. Um, 
Uh, it's, uh, we, we think Orient, or the writers of that song thought Orient, because it said they came from the East, and so we think in our contemporary culture, the Far East, and the Far East is where? The Orient. Now we're talking about China. Uh, however, there is no evidence uh, that China would have been the reference for the East. Furthermore, it, it is more likely the East probably just meant beyond the Jordan. Like, like the, the East was probably literally, here is Israel. Israel's borders the Jordan just past Jericho. And you cross over the Jordan River. Now you're in the East. <laughs> uh, and and so, uh, so we have to reframe our understanding of who the wise men were. Uh, sure, they were most likely men. Uh, there were multiple of them because of the plural language of the story, 2 to 20. Uh, they came from beyond the Jordan. But they had an intense capacity to look back and have it inform their present. They had the ability to look back on, on, on the history of humanity, on the history of religion, and, and, and have it bear to mind what is going on there then in their present lives. You see, the Gospel of Matthew uh, is, is, if nothing else, the Gospel that speaks to the fulfillment of prophecy. Uh, if, you want, like, if you wanted to, to summarize uh, who is uh, Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, it is Jesus the Messiah as prophesied by the Hebrew Scriptures. This is the fulfillment of Jewish teaching. And so each Gospel has a little bit different perspective based on who God is speaking through. And for, and, and for Matthew... Uh, you see it from the very beginning, Matthew 1, 1, all the way through the end. Matthew is trying to point to all the ways in which the Old Testament uh, spoke truth about who the Messiah would be so that whenever we arrived at Jesus, we would see, yes, Jesus, that is the one that was spoken of. And some of the prophecies that, uh, that, that Matthew points to are very obvious in the connecting thread. Sometimes he even quotes it. He's like, he's like, Jesus is this as reference to, and then, you know, points directly to Joel and then draws forth some direct reference. But other times, Matthew uses some slightly more obscure prophetic references to bring that relevant truth. And this is one of those cases, I, 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 would, I would say. Matthew, as one who's fixated on the fulfillment of Jewish prophecy, uh, would, would look to the Jewish scriptures and see that there is one significant truth that the prophets spoke of that we should not miss. And that is that when Jesus comes, when the Messiah comes, when the Messiah comes, the Messiah would no longer be only for one group of people or one nation, but now, as Jesus comes, as the Messiah comes, that Messiah is bringing everyone into the covenant. Something new is happening here, but because the covenant of God used to be, uh, prior to Jesus, was strictly for the people of Israel. It was, we're going to focus God's love, God's, God's, God's blessing, God's uh, providence, all on the people of Israel. But with Jesus, now it's broken open. 
so that that love, that provision, that blessing can be for all nations, no matter where you're from, no matter if your roots are in Israel or not. And, and, and Matthew wants us to catch that from the very beginning of the gospel. From, from, from Matthew 2, whenever the wise men come to Jesus, it's a proclamation about something new taking place here. That, that these wise men from the east, not from the covenant, not from Israel, beyond the Jordan, as they come to Jesus, they are coming because they have been included in that gospel message. You see, these wise men had the, the innate ability to look back, to look back upon God's word, upon the prophetic wisdom that was offered to the people of Israel and see that when the Messiah came, they were going to have a place with God. So they looked for it. They waited for it. They hungered for it. They yearned for it. And so when the star rose, they had to, they must go and worship the king. You see, there's some of these references about uh, that they would have looked to, that they would have studied the first we read in Isaiah 52, verse 15. Uh, when we read Isaiah 52, verse 15, we, we saw that, 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 uh, that the word of God came through Isaiah and it said, uh, so he, that is the Messiah, shall startle many nations, shall awaken those nations, and the kings shall shut their mouths because of him. So, so the, the kings no longer have power of proclamation because for that which had, had not been told them, the things that they, that they had never had as a part of their religion, now they shall see it. That which they had not heard, they shall contemplate. And so now they see new things, they contemplate new things, all because the Messiah came and it has startled, it's awoken all of the nations. That same language is paralleled in Habakkuk 3.6. Habakkuk 3, 6 talks about this, this startling, this shaking. It says, he stopped, that's the Messiah, the Messiah, stopped and shook the earth. He looked and he made the nations tremble or quiver or shake. Uh, and and they, the eternal mountains were shattered along his ancient pathways. The everlasting hills sank low. This is that, that vision of what is taking place when God comes as Christ the Lord, the Messiah. The, the nations all tremble. We, we, we hear uh, in, in Revelation about the angels trembling as they sing with joy for the Lord. But more about these prophetic words. Also in Isaiah chapter 64, it gives that same reference to, to the shaking, the trembling of, uh, of the nations. It says uh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. This, this is, this is a, uh, a vision that God has given to Isaiah. And it says, so that the mountains would quake at your presence. And as, uh, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water boil to make your name known to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. You know, Another nation would not tremble at the presence of your God or your God, not God. But for them to see our God and to know that our God reigns, our God, our God is, is all-powerful and almighty, it causes them to tremble. It awakens them to the truth of God's presence for the world. And then the final reference, uh, Haggai chapter 2 Verse 6 and 7, 
I love this because it takes that shaking, that trembling, that quaking reference, and then it takes it one step further for us. It says, for thus says the Lord of hosts, once again in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. So everything is shaking. And I will shake all the nations so that the treasure of all nations shall come. And I will fill the house of the, uh, of the Lord with splendor, says the Lord. You see, that, that reference in, in verse 7 there, in the NIV, it says, uh, it says that, that I will become the desire of all nations. I will become the desire of all nations. That's actually even how the, the King James Version translates it. I think it's a beautiful translation. Charles Wesley picks up on that. So Charles Wesley is the brother of John, John Wesley, who was the founder of the Methodist movement. And Charles, his brother, wrote so many hymns, songs of the church. And, and he wrote poetry and then set it to music so that the church might sing with praise and joy. And we, we, we carry some of those uh, still today. A couple of them uh, come to us at Christmas time. The first is, uh, is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Y'all know that song? Hark the herald angels sing. Well, well think, think now in reference to what we've been studying, in reference to what we've been reading. Uh, there in the middle of, uh, of that first verse, it says, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconcile. Then what does it say? Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Joyful all ye nations rise. See, Charles picked up on that Haggai 2-7 passage that the desires of the nation are fulfilled in the coming of Christ. That in the coming of Christ, it's no longer about the people of Israel. It's no longer about an isolated covenant. Now it's a broken open covenant of love and peace for everybody. That all nations are included in the birth of Christ. He also picks up on it uh, because he, he uses this theme not just once in his songs, but also in, in a song called Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Do y'all know that one as well? Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. At the, at the end of the first verse of that song, he picks up on this again. He says, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sin, sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. You see what he did there? He said, this Messiah is for Israel, Israel's hope and consolation. But more than that, it's so much more than that. It's that broken, open, unbounded love for the world, dear desire of every nation, dear desire of every nation. You, you see, that's, that's what I think that the wise men are to do for us today. See, the wise men looked back to the past, identified a truth, were able to see that truth coming and apply it to their here and now, but they didn't leave that truth in the past. They let that truth carry on into their present and move them to action. They, they had, to, had, to, had to gather together, study God's word, and say, 
man, I wish this gospel was for me. I wish I was a part of this covenant. But I look out and I see that this covenant is for the people of Israel, and I'm not included. But when that Messiah comes, now the Messiah is for me. Now the Messiah is for all. Our motivation must be as theirs, to go and worship the king. 